So I was in the kitchen yesterday and uh, uh, a dear friend of ours uh, has come back to, to, to help us for the weekend and she's a, a lady, a lady, uh, <laughs> woman sounds wrong, <laughs> girl sounds wrong, I don't know, okay, lady, in the middle, whatever, whatever's in the middle. Um, so yes, and uh, she saw me, one of the first things she said was, oh, you got a new jumper. And it's fierce big, right? Very big on you. And it's just, what I love, what I love about this, what I love about these kind of uh, conversations is so often they reveal slight differences between men and women, what women see, what men see. It's very, very apparent uh, during the preparations for a wedding where the bride will go to great efforts to make sure that the bridesmaids' dresses have the same hue as the flowers and as the napkins that will be used at the reception, more or less drawing from the same palette as the carpet in the reception hall. <laughs> you know, and it's this kind of attention to detail that's just wonderful, absolutely incredible. It's great, it's great. Uh, because it's, it's, this, it's this complementarity between men and women which, which isn't very politically correct these days to talk about, but it's true. It is true. I mean, just look at reality. Look at how things work in reality. Look at how things work in a family. The, the, the moms who have great attention to detail, to the... And when I say small things, that doesn't mean they're insignificant. But it, it's the, the more detailed things. It's, it's this, this receptivity uh, of womanhood that makes a house a home. It's this receptivity of a woman, this attention to detail that, that, that just makes for such kind of uh, wonderful warmth within a, what would ordinarily just be a building where people live, but now then it becomes a home. You know, because why? Because the, the mom has an eye for, for those who um, like their tea with one sugar or buns or whatever, you know, they, they, they know, they remember, they care. Exactly. You know? So, you know, they know and they remember and, and they care. They have attention to detail. You know, it's just, it, it, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing also like that, that for example, in, generally in, in a woman's heart, there's a desire to be beautiful. There's a desire to be seen, to be known, to be loved. And there's a, there's a desire for beauty. And again, you know, look, some people might say, well, that sounds a bit sexist. Well, <laughs> no. If we just have a quick look at the, um, the cosmetic industry, the multi-trillion dollar cosmetic industry, and just see which side they're drawing their funds from. Okay, so it's, it's big business because it's real. Okay, uh, so, so there's, a, there's, a desire, there's a desire to be, to be beautiful, a desire to be, to be recognized, for, for that beauty. But what has happened today is, is that, 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 that exterior beauty then has become exaggerated, has become something that defines the woman, which is, which is untrue. So we're trying to get these things back in order and understand where this comes from and what it's ordered towards. What's the goal of all of this? Every woman in her heart has, has we could call it like a garden, and it's a garden of, of beauty. You know, like most, even our, our garden now in a couple of months outside there, it'll spring into all sorts of life and color and buds and blooming and tones and everything. It'll be beautiful. And that's what the, the, the heart of a, of a woman is like. There's, there's so much beauty there and so much attention to detail. And yeah, maybe there's some weedy corners as well, but like, you know, we'll, we'll get over those two. But like, it, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. Could we call it ordered? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's ordered. I think there's a lot of beauty there, but it's, 
It's kind of natural. Let's call it natural. When you go to a forest, like the trees aren't planted in straight lines. A man's heart is a bit more like that. The trees are planted in straight lines. It's more efficient. Um, I think in a woman's heart, it's more, it's more like a natural forest. So it's, it's a beautiful place. And when Adam was created, God told Adam, of all that exists, of the, this garden, right, of Eden that, that, that exists, you are to till it and to protect it. To till it and protect it. So then when, when Eve is created, I mean, before this man, so Adam experienced like original loneliness. There were lots of animals around. I'm sure they were a wonderful company. But there was no one who could love him back. There was no one who he could love kind of on, on an equal footing, if you will. And who could, someone who could love him back in return. So when Eve is created, Adam bursts into poetry and says, At last, is flesh from my flesh and bone from my bone. You shall be called woman. And what's interesting about the way Eve was created, man was created from dirt. That's why we aren't afraid of it. That's why we don't even try to remove it. <laughs> okay? Man is created from dirt. But woman was created from Adam's rib. Now what's the purpose of a rib? What do, what do ribs do? Well, they, they kind of give shape to the body, yeah. They protect some of your vital organs. They protect your heart. The ribs protect your heart. They allow it enough room to move, but it's protected. So... In Adam losing one rib, if you will, in order to create Eve, it's, it's like symbolic of how a woman can cut to the heart of a man like nothing else. How a woman can penetrate a man's heart like nothing else. Like nothing else. No matter how much wealth or money, whatever it is. And even if you see so many, I know it's, it's maybe not the best example, but so many like action movies or whatever, the guy might have everything and all these weapons, all the kind of, but ultimately he's motivated by love of his family or his girlfriend or... His, par- his partner, whatever it is. But it's love of a woman that has cut to his heart. And so then, Adam's job then, while, if you will, Eve takes care of the detail, while Eve takes care of, of the family, if you will, Adam's job is to protect and till the soil, protect her. So he's taking care, yes, of the family, but also with an eye on what's going on outside in order to protect the family. That's his job. That's what he's called to do. To provide for and protect the family. That's, so there aren't greater or lesser vocations here. Both are necessary in order to have a, a healthy family. Both are, are equal. Both are, both are essential in order to have a balanced family. And so the greatest example then of, of, of this is even the Lord on the cross, and this might sound a small bit mystical, but I think you, I think you, I think you get it. Uh, so the church, we're, we're the bride of Christ. We're the person, if you will, for whom Jesus has given his life. So in protecting the church, protecting the church, providing for the church, he gives his life in defense of the church, us. Allowing his heart to be pierced for love of his, of his bride. And this is, this is the, the, the great love story that all of us are part of. Every woman having this, this, this 
this beautiful garden inside, which is supposed to be welcoming. It's a warm place. It's a, it's a beautiful place to be. Man who protects that garden so that she can feel safe, feel provided for, and therefore invest in, in her family. And then this all being, uh, if you will, a, a prefiguration then of, of how Christ loved his church. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful dynamic how God has created man and woman in such a, a complementary fashion. In today's world, it's all a bit confused. Everyone's trying to do everyone else's role and not their own. Then everything just ends up kind of falling through the cracks where, where men don't necessarily protect women at all. In fact, if anything, these days it can be quite the opposite. Men are being taught to, to use women. So they've completely inverted their role. Instead of making a woman feel safe, women often feel very, very threatened. I was just talking to someone uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, she said, yes, when, when, when we go out, we always bring pepper spray. Oh! And then one girl at the table said, yeah, I normally bring a penknife. Oh! <laughs> Is that how things go today? I used to bring chewing gum. <laughs> like... Pepper spray and pen knives. That's what girls go out with these days. Are you kidding me? But it's, that's the reality of the situation. Like, they feel that things could go possibly wrong here. What has happened? And so I... I always feel the, the need to apologise to... Uh, to all women forever, for whenever they've been hurt by a man. By a man who fell short of his vocation. A man who didn't protect. A man who didn't love. A man who didn't offer himself, give of himself, for love of the, the women, the family entrusted to him. Because that's his vocation. That's what he's here for. And if we start getting that wrong... We'll start investing in the usual rubbish. Just we'll start investing in entertainment. We'll start investing in superficial things. I wonder why we never actually feel like we've accomplished something, because you haven't. If we fall short of, of that vocation to provide and protect, then what are we doing? What are we here for? So today's retreat day is to remind us of our identity. In Christ, our identity as women of God, as men of God, for me, uh, to remind us that in this in this amazing cosmic plan, each one of us has has a role that no one else can can fulfil. Like there'll never be another you. So God will never love another you. If you get it wrong, okay, we'll, we'll try again. Love you off somewhere else and we'll create another one and see how it goes a second time. There'll never be another you. There'll never be someone who can love God like you can because you're irreplaceable. So the love that you can give is unique. And the love that God gives you in some ways is unique as well because you're loved as an individual, not as a member of humanity. You're loved as you. And so your identity, your deepest identity, is to be that, to be this bride of Christ if you will to be loved by him to accept his love to return his love with yours and then everything else is, 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 is a gift 
if you're to get married or have kids or whatever, whatever, everything else is a gift, everything else is, but your primary vocation is to be a daughter of the Most High and to rest in that and to believe that. So we ask the Lord today to renew all of our hearts that we might recognize our true identity as beloved children of God. Amen.